This podcast was created on Messy. Create your own show today at messy.fm. This is Jennifer. And this is Jason. And you're listening to the Drop Your Linen Podcast, where we discuss horror and sci-fi films in all their glory. This podcast is a companion to the Drop Your Linen Horror Review blog, written by me. We hope you enjoy the episode, and in the words of the immortal Private Hudson, stop your grinning and drop your linen. Let's do it. You ready? Yep. All right, we're here to talk about Phantasm, the Don Coscarelli masterpiece that Jason had never seen before. I don't know how you avoided it all these years. It's batshit crazy. <laughs> Makes no sense at all, but it's it's fun. It's a good one. And now I have that music stuck in my head, and I keep putting words to it. Yeah. This is the story of Phantasm. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah, I know. That's beautiful. What'd you think? It was an interesting movie. Interesting good. Interesting weird. I can see why it's a cult classic. I mean, yeah. I definitely remember seeing the video box for it at the video store. And that never made you want to rent it? I, I don't know. I guess at the time that I was renting horror movies, it just seemed a little... Unslick, uncool. What? I think I was looking for something more glamorous. I was really into like Wolfen and Lost Boys, and it was a little more, I guess, flashy. You wanted like sexy movies. Sexy cool. Sexy cool. Okay. I get it. You know, and it was a late 70s film. So you would have been six when it came out, and all six year olds are into sexy. Don't say that like. <laughs> I said when I was renting horror movies, which would have been... I'm joking. I saw it as a teenager, too. Actually, I think I saw it around 10 or 11. So around like 84? Maybe 9-ish. Yeah, I started watching horror movies around 9. Because no one cared what I rented. <laughs> Rated R didn't matter. Just get, go get it and let's go home. And nobody watched movies with me. It was just me by myself. You're making so. me sad. I know, isn't it sad? You're making me sad. No, I wouldn't trade those times for anything. I had friends who couldn't watch anything. Okay. And then they grew up weird. So, okay, what's your favorite part of Phantasm? What'd you like the best? Mm, wow. How to, how to narrow that down. It can be any aspect of the film. I mean, 70s films have a certain feel and nostalgia that I find interesting. And I think that there are a couple of markers. I felt, watching it, I felt like Stranger Things is trying to evoke similar sentiments with the way that they are romanticizing the 80s mm -hmm. for a lot of people. Um, I can see that. 
So, yeah, I thought that was interesting. I mean, the kid's super annoying. He's yeah. strangely androgynous. Yeah. Like, Mikey could have been Michelle in a strange 70s sort of way. Um, you said you thought the film was taking place during the summer. I, I didn't really... I couldn't find any markers no. saying when it was. And I found it really odd that there was no mention of any sort of structured routine. Like, does it all happen over a weekend? Like, there's no mention of school. This kid drives cars, drinks beers, shoots guns. And he's 13. And he's 13. And he just runs around everywhere. Which we all did in the 70s, but we did have to go to school. So, yeah, it's... I mean, I don't know. I just was guessing that it might have been summertime when you asked, why doesn't he go to school? I'm like, maybe it's summer. But then I remembered a line that Reggie said. It was something about it's almost summertime. All the kids will be out. Something like that. Or or hmm. it is summertime. It's hot. We're going to run out of ice cream. Something like Reggie said a line. I don't remember. Reggie said a lot of lines. He did. And what were some of your favorite lines? There are some golden nuggets in this movie. Uh, I don't have. Let a me favorite. help you I out. I don't have Jason. a favorite Reggie. Let line. me help you out. <laughs> Maybe it was that retarded kid Timmy down the street. Well, that would have been Jody. Yeah. Uh, also, Jody gives gives Mike a, a lesson on gun safety. Right. <laughs> That's hilarious. Shoot to kill. What is warning, warning shots. shots are bullshit. That's right. <laughs> shoot to kill or don't shoot at all. That's right. That's pretty great. I love everything Reggie says is awesome. He's he's a funny character. He's kind of lovable. He's in the remainder of the films as far as I know. I haven't seen any of the sequels since they came out. And I haven't seen the most recent one, the 2016 one, at all. Ex- except Chunks. So Reggie's in all the rest of the movies? I think he is. Reggie explicitly dies in this movie. I'm going to look it up. You talk. He, he has an explicit death scene. Either. And, and Jody, the brother, you don't see die at all. <laughs> and at the very end of the movie, you're made to believe that he is in fact dead, but yet somehow Reggie is still alive. And everything was Mike's bad dream? Yes, I'm looking at all the sequels here on imdb and reggie is in all of them that's bizarre <laughs> so at some point we'll have to watch the rest of them i think they're all on show and he's not really a character that i think that hollywood would allow not now. nowadays maybe ironically mm-hmm. but i mean he has a very uncool samurai ponytail <laughs> and he's balding but he's not but that he plays old. the guitar he reminds me of like a Canadian youth. There were lots of balding Canadian youths when I visited. <laughs> I even had a mother approach me and wonder aloud why so many young men around 18 and 19 were going bald. I don't know. In Canada? In Canada, yeah. Well, that Quebec sounds, specifically. That sounds like a inbreeding or something. I told her it was probably the milk. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> yeah, I've never been a milk drinker, and uh, they're all very much. Oh, yeah, that can do it. Teat suckers. Teat suckers. This is the second time we've mentioned teats in a podcast. Oh, I hope that no one from Canada thinks that I'm overly disparaging. I hope one day to emigrate there. <laughs> I thought you wanted to go to New Zealand. For their socialist medicine. Well, yes. And or New Zealand. That would be nice. 
Finland seems New cool. Zealand's the Canada of Australia. True. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I was wondering as I watched the night, I feel fairly certain that you've never seen Ice Cream Man starring Clint Howard. No. But it kind of made me think, I wonder if Clint Howard or whoever wrote Ice Cream Man got the idea from Reggie because he's got the old-timey, the ice cream outfit he's got a white button-down short sleeve shirt, white jeans, and a black leather vest, <laughs> and a black bow tie. This sounds like the most uninviting horror film. I mean, unless you're writing a documentary for how to be a creepy pedophile. Yeah. I mean, I think that's implicit with Ice Cream Man. You know, there's got to be some pedophilia in there. I guess. <laughs> I actually haven't seen Ice Cream Man. At least... Not all of it, just chunks. Hey, kids, you want a rainbow pop? Boy! Want a banana pop? <laughs> Gross. <laughs> you like popsicles? I got a whole bunch of them down in my cellar. <laughs> my arthritis. I can't reach into my pocket. My, my arthritis. arthritis. <laughs> there were, it was strange. Okay, so like the whole movie happens... Phantasm. Back to Phantasm. Uh-huh. I, have, I have no idea what Ice Cream Man is about. And it sounds like a, a movie I would not enjoy. But it's Clint um, Howard, baby. Who's Clint Howard? Ron Howard's brother. He does all the B-movies. Oh. Yeah, it's all coming to you now. Wow. <laughs> that title and now the image. Mm-hmm. Still don't want to see it. Very Reggie-esque, though, right? I could see, I could see him with a samurai... A ponytail. I'm gonna look it up. Not a top knot, but but yeah. Oh no, no top knots. <laughs> There's you nothing Jimbo. on top to knot. Um. But yeah, so between Jody and Mike's house and the Morningside Mortuary slash Cemetery, mm-hmm. there's there are only two other real locations, and that would be the brief foray into the antique store, where Mike discovers the photograph of the tall man from the late 18th century mm-hmm. and the visit to the psychic the palm reader the blind grandmother mm-hmm. and her granddaughter the most monotone granddaughter ever don't fear michael don't fear don't fear <laughs> i feel like coscarelli paid his stars as much as he could and he was left with very little money for anyone else yeah i think so too Uh, that scene we were talking about too the scene in the second grandma's house where the box appears and Mm -hmm. mike has to put his hand into Mm -hmm. it we thought yeah we're like she uh, he completely aped dune yeah, that whole scene is in Dune, and then she, and then in Dune they say fear is the mind killer. And she actually says fear is the killer, although right. she says it in her way. Fear is the killer. Don't fear. <laughs> right, I felt like someone was translating Frank Herbert's words to fit onto a fortune cookie mm-hmm. fortune, and had translated it really badly. But I didn't, yeah, I I didn't understand why after Mike left the psychic lady's house, why the grandma laughed. Was she laughing because she felt like she had tricked him somehow? Why was she giggling? 
I don't know. Yeah, like they were playing, like, isn't it fun to play with mortals? Yeah. I don't know. But there was clearly some magic there because the box appears and disappears. And then let's talk about the balls. What do you think about balls? What I remember of the video cassette cover art and a lot of the posters and Mm -hmm. and the different art that I've seen for Phantasm, the silver orbs play a huge visual. They have a huge visual footprint in, in all the artwork. And you see them for two seconds. Yeah, they're not in the movie that much. Um, they get one gets blown up towards the end, and then the other one that, and they, they seem to only patrol the uh, the mausoleum, which is strange. And I don't really understand. Like you said, you never see the tall man hurdle them forth. Yeah, how do they go? And why would they? They seem to kill indiscriminately mm-hmm. because the tall man's henchman. Yeah, they killed his helper. Is is taken out and and at the end when you discover that the bodies are being reanimated somehow yeah. and shrunken down and sent to this planet <laughs> for some sort of mining operation and i guess the dwarves live in the little barrels the drums um, i always took that to be the thing that they were getting shrunk down in like a machine of some sort huh and then they get dropped into onto the planet and then the Jawas down there. So my real issue with the film is, honestly, a whole lot of people seem to die because of this kid, Mike. Like, why can't he just mind his own business? Yeah. Because really, who is it hurting if the guy takes dead bodies and turns reanimates them into slaves? Like, it's not like anyone was going to do anything with that person anyway. It's true. It's, uh, is it like a massive worm uprising? You know, you're taking away our food. You know, right. We're going to send Mikey to stop you. But, you know, the girls in the Volkswagen, although Reggie claims that he yeah. found them all. He found the two girls and two other chicks. That he didn't so know. So I guess one would be the girl at the beginning who opened the secret door, screamed, and you never saw her again. Oh, right, right. But I don't know who the other one would be. We don't know. Unless it's the woman in Lavender, the original... But see, and that's not clear either. Is she is she the tall man in disguise? But then when he's chasing after Mike, she's standing off to the side, not chasing him, very close to him. So if she was the tall man, she could have grabbed him right then. It doesn't make any sense. I feel like that was there was something up in the air, and maybe Coscarelli wanted to do something more with one, with that character in particular, and maybe time constraints shooting schedules or just not being able to pay these actors the whole amount of time maybe that he wasn't able to construct or maybe he just didn't have enough story to i don't know i don't know either but yeah i mean there's there's a lot of continuity holes a lot of plot holes i mean at one point i'm fairly certain mike runs out the back door with the glass in it the glass frame it's a it's you know one of those half doors mm-hmm. where it's got basically got a big glass window mm-hmm. on the top half he runs out that one, and then the next shot is him coming out of the front door, which is a solid door. Mm-hmm. There's no... What... There's a lot of continuity issues. Yeah. In the very first scene where Tommy is doing it with the Lady in Lavender, mm-hmm. you see their two legs oh, right. you know, horizontal sticking out, and she's right. on top, and her legs are horizontal, 
parallel right. with his as they would out. for people who are lying, lying stomach down. to stomach yeah right. stomach to stomach but then it shows a shot of their faces right. she's and riding she's them cowboy riding style them. Yeah, yeah cowboy styles like the rodeo so yeah. I'm like either she can back bend at a full 90 degree angle right she's doing some <laughs> hardcore yoga yeah I was like this makes no sense and then they would go back to the legs and so, he was completely immobile like he's like yeah. oh yeah baby doing oh, nothing oh yeah I'm like that's it not how it works. The lady. least participatory. And then before she stabs him, she grabs her left boob and holds on to it and then stabs him. And then, and then again, if it's if it really is the tall man, why is he into that? Yeah, why does he have to have sex with I'm him? I'm pretty sure you could stab him before uh-huh. being penetrated. Exactly. So there's something weird there. And then is he after Mike? Was Mike purposefully androgynous? Are we getting into something here? Why was he after Mike? Was he a pedo? I don't know. Was he uh, was he frustrated because he couldn't have coitus with him as the <laughs> lavender lady? I don't know. I, I don't, which I mean, Mike was a little voyeuristic pervo anyway. He, he probably he probably would have, you know, could have. I'm sure Coscarelli couldn't have shown that. Although you know, this 13 year old could do everything else. Oh yeah. But uh, he literally drove drank beer, shot a gun, and like you said, never went to school. And he was it was mentioned more than once that he's 13. And like I said, he's like a freaking yo-yo. They would put him one place and he would just it, come right yeah. back. A boomerang. Yeah. And a good third of the movie is his brother Jody sending him off somewhere mm-hmm. and him coming, coming back. back. Well, Jody says that at the beginning of the movie. He's like, he follows me everywhere. And I think that scene is hilarious because... For some inexplicable reason, they do own a car, but Jody is riding a bike down the street with his leather jacket on. It's like, leather jacket? Check. <laughs> White t-shirt? Check. Banana seat? Yeah. Schwinn? Check. And then behind him, running down the, the side in front of the houses, is Mike. And he's like hurtling little fences and stuff. And it's hysterical. <laughs> I love that scene. I mean, the kid must be in shape because he yeah. spends a good part of the movie running back yeah. and forth between these two locations. And uh, they never really establish just how far Morningside is. And then when he leaves his house, it's just like, it, it appears to be maybe half a block before he's at the mine shaft. So apparently the mine shaft was, you know, right outside their door and so was the mortuary. Out by Springer Lake. Yeah, of course. And then, I well, don't... they 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 had issues setting up a lot of those, like the Sally at the antique store. She's mentioned in that one scene. Mm-hmm. That's the first you hear about her. Yeah, and uh, so you don't really have any time to warm up to the character. And then they are really stiff in the Volkswagen yeah. bug, and when they finally get taken out or taken by the the Jawas, the, Jawas. the dwarfs. <laughs> But uh, I don't know. A lot of ways, it's it's pretty fun. Uh, yeah, you know, it's a fun movie. It's very. When I saw it as a kid, it was it was extremely scary and creepy. And seeing it as an adult, it's very dated. It's not scary. Our daughter came in. I'd say about the last quarter of the movie and watched the whole ending, and she didn't care. So I mean, it, it's dated. It's not really scary anymore. But it's fun. I like the music. The music's cool, mm-hmm. and I think you could drop that music into something now, and it would still sound cool. 
and I mean, there's a lot of things about it that I really do like. I've never liked the whole it was a dream scenario. That's always pissed me off. But then at the end, he's, he gets taken again, so you don't know what part is a dream and what it isn't, and then you're left with that. I, I never have liked that in any movie. I'm like, either it happened or it didn't. <laughs> you know? right. Don't do this dream crap on me. That's why I'm surprised Reggie's going to be in the next ones. Yes, I, I. it's been so long since I've seen the second one, I couldn't tell you the first thing about it. I mean, I saw it as a kid. And that was a mm. long, long time ago, so we'll just have to watch it. Mm. <laughs> I know you're excited. I remember the tagline was, the ball is back. I guess, I mean, even in my memory, like, like you said, it was all over the artwork, but even in my memory, I remember the balls as like a big part of the movie. But watching it as an adult now, it's like, yeah, they're just, we've already discussed this. They're not in it that much. It's just funny how they've sort of saturated the this cultural memory of this film. It's like there's balls everywhere. And there's really not. Right. I think somehow, too, I, at some point I conflated Puppet Master and this movie. Like, I thought that the little puppets and the orbs were, gonna, were all from the same film. So, uh clearly they're not <laughs> no but maybe i just had a cross-eyed vision and put the two posters together maybe the tall man maybe this is a dream maybe this I'm, is I'm all about a dream. to be <laughs> taken through a mirror well it's hot i mean you already live in texas and it's crazy hot right now mm. so you probably wouldn't even have to be shrunken down don't give away my location oh i'm sorry i mean florida don't fear. Don't fear, Jason. Fear is the killer. Jason. <laughs> Don't fear. <laughs> are you going so, to interrupt me? I don't know where you're going with that. I'm not going anywhere. So, I, I mean, it had a great look. I saw that it was remastered. Yeah, it looks So, really it good. got a really good treatment. Uh, By J.J. Abrams. And the, the Bad Robot crew. I think they did a good job. Yeah. It's cool that it's on Shutter and it's available. I think for people who saw it at a younger age like yourself, there's mm -hmm. probably a greater nostalgia value. Yeah. It's, I still love this movie. It's very kind of keech and camp and... Well, not really camp, but there's... It's, it's, there's some campy elements. Yeah. That's safe to say. But yeah, I mean, it's more of a cult classic, I guess. And I don't know. It's hard. I don't feel like it's a movie you could make now. I feel like I'm going to get a lot of pushback if I just say it's not a very good movie. I I think it's okay to have your opinion, even if it's wrong. It's not a very good movie. <laughs> even if it's wrong. But no, I think, have, I think you're right. I think if you'd seen it as a kid... I mean, what if you saw Big Trouble in Little China now and had never seen it? Would you right, think it was right. good? Or The Golden Child, you mm. know, or, or some of these movies that we all loved as kids. I mean, if you watched it now and had never seen it before, you'd be like, what is this right, crap? Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I think there's just a nostalgia. And the look of the 70s, just seeing the how everything looks, the shag carpeting and the the waistlines up to your nipples you know on all the jeans and <laughs> the wide lapels yeah the wide lapels and all the great stuff from the 70s just the 
the look of it is fun for me. I like that. I like just kind of looking back into my past. Because that's when we were little. We were both born in 73. So, what? All of our secrets, man. Oh my god, we were both born in 84. Don't fear. In New Hampshire. Don't fear, Michael. In New Hampshire, yes. You can hear my voice and know I've never been to New Hampshire. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, oh, tell me what you thought about the bug. The bug, the fly thing. It made no sense. It made no sense. And the finger was still in the box. And so it's not like the finger became the bug. The finger was still in the box after the bug. So where did the bug come from? Made no sense. And it was silly. It was very silly. It had like big red eyes and it was clearly on a string. And then when they had to fight with it, when they had to, like, they're trying to keep it in a jacket and go down the stairs with it and they're banging their hands into the walls mm-hmm. and stuff. Oh, that's good. That's good times. <laughs> yeah, I would like to hear the the direction that they're receiving at yeah. that point. Just pretend like there's this giant fly. He wants out, man. He wants out big time. I just don't understand, too, why the, the garbage disposal is the means that they choose to dispatch it. I guess because there's Like, wouldn't you try right to stomp on it first? Yeah, right? Like, just, just it's a bug. It. Like, your instinct would be to just... Yeah, smash it. I agree. To a pulp, but somehow and and like your your denim would clog up the the blades <laughs> yes, it before would. it would even get to Well, they didn't shove the denim into the garbage disposal. They had the denim over the disposal and the bug was trying to chew through the denim, that's why there was a hole there. I think you have a special pair of glasses that help you justify all of the inaity. I do. It's called being right. Oh, no, it must be summer. He's not in school. Oh, no, no. They just, they had the bug down in the hole. Well, I mean, if you think too hard on this stuff, your head will explode. I mean, none of it Mm. makes any sense. So you either have to suspend your disbelief and just accept you know what you're seeing right or or you can sit around and think about it and you know none none of these movies will ever make any sense they all do the wrong things and you know i could see this being a fun party movie like watching with a bunch of people yeah i agree and the song that um mike and reggie's i mean that jody and reggie sing do 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 (laughs) <laughs> that their little guitar duo that's pretty fun jason and i had this idea about oh he's rolling his eyes never mind i'm not gonna say it i'm not gonna say it you just have to wait for it it's a good idea speaking of heads exploding at some point we need to do scanners oh yeah isn't that a cronenberg isn't it i mean you tell me you're the expert Okay, I'm looking it up. Thank God I have IMDb right here in front All of me. Alright, well that sounds like a wrap to me. Okay, so we'll do scanners at some point. We'll do the rest of the phantasms at some point. And uh, thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye.